0: Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Daniel. And Diana, I'm Abby, the open. Badass
1: Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Amara Organic Foods. They make organic, non-GMO baby food powders without the repeated high heat processes of traditional baby food. And we'll hear more from our sponsor later, but uh, you can head to BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com and check out our sponsor page and see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, scroll down, enter your email address, and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And now Diane has our review of the week.
0: I have our review of the week. This is actually a negative review that came in. So if anybody, um, I mean, sort of negative, not really negative, sort of negative, but we read these two and we take them very seriously. So if you do have a concern over something that we might say in an episode, um, you can absolutely, you know, tell us. One of the things I do want to say is I wish um I'm hoping that this person is listening because we're going to um kind of set some things, hopefully set some things straight with this. But. If you have a problem with something that we say on an episode, definitely email us because there might be reasons why we've said that that we didn't explain. Or maybe we can give you some backup information to help understand it a little bit better. So do not hesitate to like, to reach out so that we can, cause I wish I could address this person via email and like give her information that might be helpful. But what she says is, um, one episode. Says formula feeding is a SIDS risk and that formula drugs babies to sleep. Would love to see the supportive data on this. If you have PPA, which is postpartum anxiety, induced by societal pressure to breastfeed, like so many of us do, stay away from this one. And there are the whole, I'm sure she's talking about the formula feeding episode that we talked about. The reason why we talked about formula is because we want people to have information. And so many that people are using formula. You need to have they information not, about
1: formula. And a lot of information about formula right. is hidden. It is kept from us. And we can't right. make informed decisions when we don't have information like Diane just said.
0: And this is like, we're not trying to tell people like, Oh my gosh, if you use this, this is going to be a sit That is not the conversation that we are trying to have with you. First of all, there is Science-backed information about formula being a SIDS risk. This is not something that we made up to scare anybody. This is actual information, and I'm going to read because I did a very quick, like Google search of formula feeding and SIDS, and did, uh, um, of course, blogs pop up, but you know, I, I just ignore those. But there was a study that popped up that was published I'm going to I'll, I can link this in the show notes too that was published in the journal of obstetrics and gynecology that talks about different risks versus benefits when it comes to breastfeeding and breaks it down into all different um you know like different different facets of you know benefits and and risks and things like that But they specifically talked about SIDS. And in here it says, case control studies suggest that formula feeding is associated with a 1.6 to 2.1 fold increased odds of SIDS compared with breastfeeding. These associations persisted after adjustment for sleeping position, maternal smoking, and socioeconomic status. And reviewing the evidence, the American Academy of Pediatrics Task Force on Sudden Infant Death Syndrome concluded that factors associated with breastfeeding, but not breastfeeding per se, were associated with a lower incidence of SIDS. We are not making this up. We are not trying to scare anybody. We are not trying to cause more anxiety. I'm sure it does. If to hear, I'm sure to hear it on a podcast, somebody saying, Oh, formula is a SIDS risk, that would cause some anxiety. But this is actual science-based information that you can get. Anywhere you look, this yeah, isn't and this something is just that we one made study. Up.
1: There have been many, many studies on this. Um, and yeah. I will say, yes, in my experience, when I first started delving into this research and, and putting this kind of information out there, even saying SIDS caused me a great deal of anxiety. And I said, and I thought to myself, should I even be mm-hmm. saying this? Because talking about SIDS to people that have babies is something that we... It's shocking. It's shocking to even hear the word, to even talk about this subject. And so I think over time, I just kind of put this information out there. I'll say it on the fly and somebody will go, oh, my God, they're talking about SIDS. Oh, my God. You know, and and I've become a little desensitized to it because it's something that I've repeatedly talked about. So if you but if you haven't um, either been listening to this podcast for a super long time and <laughs> become desensitized to Us saying it, Um, it can be really shocking to just address this topic. And absolutely, if you have postpartum anxiety, there are going to be so many things that trigger this. And this topic is going to be one of them. My my hesitation comes in when I consider not talking about it. When I consider not talking about it and not having Mm. these conversations, it's like withholding information. And that's not okay. And we don't, and in the times that I've I think that we've talked about um formula being a SIDS risk risk, we've we've been talking about like normal baby development, um, why breast milk is so thin, why um, you know, babies are developmentally uh, unable to go into deeper sleeps, and you know, why they're wired to wake frequently and things like this when we're just talking about like the science of a baby, you know, what is their normal behavior? What are they supposed to be doing? What do we expect? and then you know when talking about these differences or what we what we're learning and know about breastfeeding and how that is different from what we know about formula, like this is the science that we're talking about this is the science- and and this is what we're mm-hmm. we're a very chatty, ranty couple of gals, but we are this is all based <laughs> on science and This is where we get our information and this is how we guide our conversations on science. Um, And so, yeah. So having that conversation, I understand, is like very, very anxiety triggering. And I totally, deeply feel you on that level. Um, But we don't want to keep any information from people and we want you to have it. And, And listen, you know, I use formula. Jack had formula. Diane used formula. I did too. Millions of people use formula. Millions of babies survive. You know, they're fine. You know, we're talking about the science. We're talking about like, you know, why breast milk is designed for babies to to eat. And, and you know, I mean, we can go on and on. But
0: And the other thing that she mentioned in here, obviously, yeah. is the societal pressure to breastfeed. And that is a very real thing. And what I and I don't know how to make that better. We this podcast we put out here into the world to try and make that better. So I am, you know, I feel awful that, you know, she's kind of seeing it in the in a different direction. But the societal pressure to breastfeed is a real thing. But the problem that goes along with that is that there is no societal support to breastfeed. So there is societal pressure to breastfeed, but the support there is very limited. And that is a mess. That is a mess that we know is a thing that we've been fighting against for generations and generations. It is not a simple process to try to breastfeed, which is why we put this information out here. But we can't fix that society. You know what I mean? Like we can't fix the fact that society doesn't support new parents. We can acknowledge it, but we can't fix that necessarily. I would love to but I think it would take more than just me and Abby to try to make that happen. But it is really a thing. So trying to put information out there for parents to make informed decisions is really important. But the part of this is, and how she was saying about like the, you know, formula drugs, babies and stuff like that. That is, and we know very well that formula does, does not digest as fast as breast milk, which is why Abby was just talking about like how breast milk is so thin. It digests very easily. That is sometimes a reason why people like to use it. Because they're like, my baby sleeps longer if I if I give them formula. If we overfeed, that's a problem. So that is like, don't like. There's information that goes along with it. We're not saying, oh my gosh, absolutely, you cannot use formula. Just don't overfeed. Don't give too much. Don't try to make your baby sleep longer because that is kind of like giving them more than they need and putting them in a deep sleep.
1: Be in that deep of a
0: sleep. Yeah. Right. That's what we're talking about here. We're not trying to scare people. And I, I really, I wish that this person had emailed us so that we could explain this to her because I'm sure they just heard what they needed to hear because that happens sometimes when you're overwhelmed with information and you are feeling very anxious. You just kind of hear things and it, it affects you in a different way. And I would love to be able to give this information because we're not saying, Oh my gosh, never use it. Like Ab- Abby said, millions of babies everywhere use it. And millions of babies everywhere are fine. We're talking about the science behind why breast milk is better developmentally for babies. That's really what it comes down to. And this is a breastfeeding podcast. So this is yeah, what we talk about. And on the
1: societal level too, I mean, formula is so normalized and we know so little about it. You know, and we we need to know, we mm-hmm. we have a right to know what we're giving to our babies. And we have a right to know like, you know, the development of our babies. And, you know, we we want to just have... You know, we want everyone to have information. So, anyway, I think we beat this dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did. We beat this <laughs> into the ground. But, we, um, yes, but we appreciate but yeah. So that's the kind of, um, yeah feedback, and um it does help to to remember how um how scary these topics are and how they do you know affect people. Because I do remember that feeling that way. Yeah.
0: And I, I hope that this was a little bit therapeutic for her to be able to type this out and send it to us because I think a lot, like, I feel like we're almost kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, we're the messengers that are getting the, being attacked um, because we're just kind of giving the information that, oh, oh, that is out there. Like but it's not like you can, no, <laughs> I, I feel attacked over everything, <laughs> but it's not that you could, you can't, you can't, like, if you read a study like this, like that study that I just read to you guys, you can't email the people right, from that study annoying. and be like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, triggering right, to me. Right. <laughs> so, so I hope that she, I hope that she got a little bit of like, you know, like I felt a little bit empowered by even being able to be like, this was triggering to me. And I want to make sure somebody knows that. So we yeah. hear you, but this is why Thank it's you out there. for
1: uh, your review. Thank you. And uh, you can, yeah, we do. And you can, can we leave take it on seriously? iTunes like so she did want, or yeah, email or itunes is preferred Mm -hmm. uh but um email or instagram
0: yeah or you could even like put it on itunes like she did and then follow it up with an email and be like hey i just i want you know can you give me some backup information about this oh yeah and you want to know know. we
1: try also make sure to look at the show notes the badass breastfeeding com is where we will put some links to studies and stuff that we've that we like or we've read or whatever yeah absolutely but now we're going to talk about no actually we are going to talk about solids and so yeah yeah, these definitely kind of go together um and one we get this converse this topic Mm -hmm. a lot because people are like i'm breastfeeding um i'm trying to introduce solids and like i just don't know what to do or my doctor says we need to start solids and i don't know what to do or um you know people are just flying blind like we know we are all mm-hmm. flying blind through this. And so what do we do? Or my doctor says, you know, I right. need to stop breastfeeding so much so that my baby will eat solids and all these ridiculous things. So yeah,
0: that is ridiculous. So one of the one of the problems that I think kind of comes up is that babies babies are seen in intervals at the pediatric office, right? You take your babies for well-child checks that align with vaccines and it's like every couple of months. So it's like you take them in at four months and you don't take them again until like six months, I think, usually, at least that's kind of what I've seen. And a lot of this is based on what your insurance will cover too, right? It's not like, you know, and they tell you at four months, oh, you think your baby's ready for solids? Okay. But there isn't really a lot of guidance there. Because your baby should not be getting solids at four months. I know people talk about that and they start it and they do it at four months. You should not be giving your baby solids at four months. They are really not ready for it quite yet. But by six months, you might be ready to get started. And maybe you haven't seen your pediatrician yet. So they don't really, you don't really have any information on it because there's a whole month in between there where you should be kind of like getting information and prepping and getting ready for it that you don't have anybody trying to guide you with it. And they don't really guide you with it. They're just like, oh, yeah, start with this. You could do this. Good luck. Watch for allergies. Well, even that's kind of vague. What are you watching for? Wait, what? Yeah. Or like, yeah. A rash or for their throat to close? (laughs) Which am I watching for? Like, it's very overwhelming. It's very overwhelming to kind of try to get this going. And there are parents that really like – they cannot wait to start solids because it can help with daycare right. situations and leaving more milk and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but they're because your baby watches you eat and looks interested no, and, does not mean that they're ready. You no, know,
1: we want to wait the first six months. Right? Six months is like the... Mm-hmm. Six
0: months is where you should be. And there's reasons behind that. One of them being that at six months, the incidence of allergies is lower. If you start them too early, the, the chances of them developing allergies to foods is higher. So we want it to be six months. Also, your baby should be able to have good head and neck control. They should be able to sit up. They should be able to be developmentally strong core-wise and everything to be able to get Take in solids. They can't be floppy still and you're trying to feed them solids. Like That is not okay for your baby that's not developmentally ready for your baby. So they could be watching you eat and be like, oh, that looks delicious.
1: But that doesn't mean that they're ready. You know, you could put anything in front of your baby and they're going to smash their hand in in it, you know. Just it happens to be mashed (laughs) potatoes doesn't mean that now they're ready for solids. Um, It also has to do with gut development. Right. Mm-hmm. Or that takes about six months to develop um, their gut being ready for something other than breast milk.
0: And to help them to f- fight off, right. you
1: know,
0: allergens and bacterias. So that is why we say, no. you know,
1: yes. six months is kind and of the that magic is, number. And that is, is also that four. comes from the not. World Health Organization that comes from the American Academy of Pediatrics. That's not just Diane and Abby's law. That's that's like you know that's from <laughs> reputable um let me let me get it let me let me not go on my organization What what reputable means with these organizations, but um yeah. <laughs> yeah, so six months, and the thing is is that you are gonna go to your doctor most likely and and your doctor may say around four months they'll say, okay, you can start solids, and you're gonna go. <laughs> But I thought that it was six months, or you just you, or you weren't told anything, and then just say okay, go ahead. It's four mm-hmm. months, which is interesting that pediatricians do that when the A- American Academy of Pediatrics says otherwise, because pediatricians, yeah, yeah because they're weird. just that's kind of in there. they're not again, they're not trained in lactation, they um, and are, are often just going off of what um. They were told in their medical school classes. And I always, I've told the story before, but when I had Jack was a baby and uh, I had this very young pediatrician right out, of, right out of school. And she said, okay, so now that he's, and I think it was six months, she was pretty good about that. You know, she said, so now you can, you know, you can start solid. So you're going to, what you're going to do is you're going to start with rice cereal. And then you're going to do, you know, and she told me the like little list of things. And I was, and I was just thinking about rice cereal. Like, why do we, that's not like, that's not even, what is that? That's not like whole food or anything. So I said, why do you start with rice cereal? (sighs) And she looks at me. Yeah. Which is a valid question. She looks at me and she crinkles her eyes and she goes, huh? I don't really know. That's, that's just what they tell us. (laughs) And so I yeah, was like oh, okay. And that was all she could provide for me. And so, you know, I did a little bit more. <laughs> of course, we do our own research. Um and, you know, yeah. you don't you don't need cuz there's all this, you know, again, you're going to be marketed so much. You know, you have to have this fortified thing you know iron fortified something that you should start at four months because your baby doesn't have iron your breast milk doesn't have iron your baby's basically just got no iron in them and you need to give this fortified cereal (laughs) to give the iron and that is not true no that's not so should we do ads and then or we should let's talk about our sponsor and then we will come back Yes, absolutely. Today's episode is brought to you by Amara Organic Foods. We've all heard baby food pouches and jars are overly processed, low in nutrition and high in sugar, but fresh delivery options are so expensive. That's why we love Amara. They make organic, non-GMO baby food powders without the repeated high heat processes of traditional baby food. All you need to do is add water or breast milk, mix and voila. You have a freshly made puree with the tastes, textures, and most importantly, nutrients like you just made it from scratch. My kiddos are not babies, but they can tell you that they are yummy treats with real flavors. These mixes are a very simple and fast way to prepare treats for your nurslings as they begin to start solid foods. Try favorites like sweet potato, raspberry, kale, veggie mash, or oats and berries. Check out their baby food superfoods and plant-based yogurt melts at amaraorganicfoods.com that's amaraorganicfoods.com and use code badass for 20% off of your first off of your first purchase. Um, and our sponsors all of our sponsors and their promo codes can be found on ours in the show notes under this episode and um, at badass breastfeeding podcast you will find our sponsor page. You will also find breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane.
0: I feel like you did a whole cliffhanger thing at the end of – right before <laughs> our ad, because you were like – talking about, like, the oh. iron, and then you're like, and now we're going to do our ads. <laughs> but you didn't really, like, Well, okay. talk about why. Mm-hmm. Like, what else you could do? They
1: say to use rice. Mm-hmm. Do you
0: need to? <laughs> no. Let's talk about our um, ads. Well, <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Well, um... It was very seductive. I mean, when you're starting solids, if you're breastfeeding in, for six months, you're going to start solids at, um, around that time. And you can... We have food that has iron in it. That you can mm-hmm. give them. Iron is not like something that only comes in iron fortified rice cereal. But also like. Right. Y- you're not. De- your baby's also not deficient in iron.
0: It's also like it. There's a, there's some very old schools of thought when it comes to start, starting salads. And there's a lot of new information out there now that says you don't even need to start, you know, you don't need to start with cereals. You could start with meats if you want, if that's something that you want to introduce to your family. Like I'm a vegetarian. I did not introduce meats to my kids until they were old enough to say, I want that meat. So that was my, that was just me personally. Um, but if you are somebody that wants to introduce meats to your child, we know that that's a very um, iron positive way to get, that's a very positive way to get iron, I guess is what I'm trying to say is with meats. And you can do that. You don't have to wait until like, you know, nine, 10 months to start meats. Like that's a new thing that has come out that I actually heard from a pediatrician that I work with. It's like, well, they're actually recommending that you could start with meats now. It doesn't have to be because those are iron rich. Okay. We also know that there's a lot of whole foods that are iron rich. Like there's Definitely other ways for you to get iron into your baby at 6 months
1: other than using And by the cereal. way, if you want to use cereal, you go ahead. Do- I'm just my there's story, nothing wrong with that. You can absolutely tell do that story it, but- is because it highlights how th- she didn't have a reason. Like she's literally told here is a list of things right. that you do. Why? I don't know. Like there's not a lot of there's like this is something that was created, taught in schools to pediatricians to give to patients. But when you look a little bit deeper, you don't need to do it that way. And I didn't want to do cereals. So because of the like, you know, how highly processed and stuff it is. And so I didn't want to do the rice cereals. Excuse me. Um, So I wanted to start with like, you know, we just started with like, what was the first one? I don't know. Banana or sweet potato. So
0: it's there's so much there's so there's so many different ways to do it people are, what do I do um baby led weaning or do I not do baby led weaning cuz people get a lot of pushback about baby led weaning. Baby led weaning is not putting your child in a chair with a fork and a knife and putting I know, a full so plate of food when you see baby-led weaning, you see a baby with eat. a drumstick
1: in their hands. <laughs> it's like, okay, wait, what? No, this is not that what we're doing. Not what that is. is like a choking. There are choking hazards. Yeah. You, know, you know, we're not, this is not what we're doing. Yeah. We're, you are basically what you, and we also think we have to have all these special things for our baby that we don't have for ourselves. Um and maybe you do. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you have like a couple e- you know easy things to whip up. Um like you know like our like we're even just talking about our sponsor has these little things that you mix together and it's super easy if you want to just like use that. Um you know for like the morning mm-hmm. or something to mess you know to them to get used to, but you can just use any of the foods that you are eating. You're not you don't have to have separate, you know, like like Diane was talking about the meats. You don't have to have a separate if you don't have me- if you don't eat meat in your house. You don't have to give your baby meat. You don't have to give your baby meat. I mean, you know, we don't, I'm vegan. You know, we we're, I mm-hmm. we just have a lot of like fruits and vegetables. And, and here's the other thing about the, you know, what you need to give them and because of their vitamin deficiencies and all this stuff. When you start giving them solid foods, they are not going to be eating it they're going to be painting the table, painting their face, painting their hair, your hair. <sighs> they're not actually eating it. And this is where this is where this is where the questions come. My doctor says my baby needs to be eating solids. Mm-hmm. He says that if I stop breastfeeding, the baby will actually eat more solids. When I'm trying to give my baby solids, he doesn't eat them. He's just spreading them around. How do I get him to eat more solids? How do I get my baby to eat more? Okay. This is a whole entire process that's going to take years of transitioning. Your baby is not going to just suddenly start eating all of this food. They, are, they have to learn how it feels. They're going to learn how to put it in their mouth. They, have you ever seen a baby try to put stuff in their mouth? They can't even get it in their mouth. They're like putting it <laughs> on their cheek. Their, their mouth right. is chasing their hand. This is what they're learning. They're learning all these coordination things. They're learning how it feels in their mouth. They're learning to move it around their mouth, to move it to the back of their mouth, to swallow it. This is something that's going to take a really long time, and it takes different amounts of time for different babies. And I'm still trying to get my 19-year-old Jack Jack barely eats. I mean, he can find his mouth, but Mm -hmm. he won't. And I mean, he, he is, yeah, he <laughs> was, things, yeah, uh, he was close to two years old by the time he was actually eating measurable amounts of food off of a plate. Mm-hmm. I'm, do you want to say something or should I keep ranting? <laughs> no, I'm not. Ranting. No,
0: keep yeah. ranting. Because there's definitely a couple things that I want to say about that, but I feel okay. like it's going to go well, as, no, in I a mean, different direction. You no, know, so, we yeah.
1: have, we have. We have a lot of information that we need to, first of all, at six months, your breast milk loses all kinds of nutrients. At one, it's just water, you know, you need to, and then you need to substitute (laughs) with uh, cow's milk, you know, because then you need to have, you know, more things in it than breast milk has. And these things are so ingrained in us and so ingrained in our society that we forget that. This is not how babies are wired. This is not how their systems are wired. Your baby actually never, ever needs cow's milk. Your baby, you don't, if you drink cow's milk in your house and you want to introduce that, cool, but you don't have to. Your baby is not missing out on nutrients from your breast milk that need to be made up with cow's milk. Your baby is not missing out on nutrients right. that needs to be made up with like large amounts of solids. And there's no, there's no way to get your baby to eat a bunch of solids because your baby is just going to learn this. It's like trying to get them to walk. They're only going to do it when they are <sighs> developmentally ready. And some kids do it later. Some kids do it sooner. And there's no way for you to just like make it happen. You know, and and the other thing that you all are yeah. often told is that if you cut back on breastfeeding, you will increase your baby's desire to eat more solids. And that is not true. You can't just like not feed your baby and then get them hungry and expect them to eat more solids because solids is not just about swallowing large amounts of food. I mean, they it's a whole thing that they need to learn. It's a whole different way of eating that is going to take time to learn. And that, again, that can't be forced. And backing off on breastfeeding is not going to make that go faster. And you never need to back up on back off on breastfeeding. There's never going to be a benefit for that nutritionally. I mean, like maybe you need some space, you need some boundaries, whatever. But you you're not going to back off of breast milk and then say um you know, You're going to get nutrient, you, you, you are going to get, breast milk is such a highly nutrient dense food that you want that. This is what you want. I always tell people, nurse, nurse your baby first. So they get a big stomach full of that nutrient Mm -hmm. dense breast milk and then offer them some solids. Right. And this is going to be the beginning of a long, long learning journey.
0: But if you embrace it like that, and st- I feel like that might be a little bit less stressful. Like if you think about it in a way of like, this is something that we're going to be working on for a long time, right? Start it constantly starting to introduce new foods, constantly starting to, you know, give new things and to start with solids. It is, it can be a very fun process, but it can also be a very stressful process. So like starting solids, like there's no real, there isn't any real guidelines behind it anymore. Yes, some people still start with cereals and that's fine if that's what you want to do, but you don't have to. And people say if you introduce foods that are more allergy inducing, like peanut butter, you should do that sooner rather than later because it's, you know, less allergy. People feel like, you know what, throw all the foods in at once. Like it doesn't really matter. There are so many different thoughts to this um that there is not one thing. And I know sometimes people really like yeah, one, because, like, tell me what to yeah, do. There are things me with breastfeeding
1: that are very like, this is good and this is not. But when starting salads, there's really no rules. You're basically what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So this is when it becomes really, really individual. You're basically introducing your baby into the cultures of your home. Of, you know, what do you eat? What, um... You know, what do you have around? You don't have to, you know, you do, What are what are you normally eating? You know, think about the fact that there are babies all around this world in cultures that eat such drastically different things. And all of these babies, mm-hmm. you know, they grow up just being used to eating what they eat in their culture. And, you know, we're all here. It's not like, yeah, you can you can start however you start in your family. And I think that that's the that's the misconception is that there are certain rules that you need to follow. But when this comes down, when it comes down to starting solids, you're basically just like, okay, baby, here's what we do in our house. You know, for the for morning, we Mm -hmm. like to have, you know, oatmeal. Would you like, you know, let's see if they want to try a bite of it. It is very, it can be very, it's going to
0: look very different for everybody. So also trying not to get caught up into like, oh, my friend gave this or, you know, this person on Instagram is posting this. It's like, it's very different for everybody. Um, I had a, I have a friend who's a colleague who's a, um, dietitian and, she has done a lot with starting solids with babies and it is a process. Like it is very different. This is a very different thing for babies. They are used to getting breast milk. They're used to just swallowing breast milk. Now they're being introduced to different sensory inducing, you know, (laughs) I I can't even like find my right words today, but everything is like the different textures, the different way things feel like, and she has suggested, which I thought was a great, idea to give the same food in different ways, you know, give pureed carrots and then give soft carrots, you know, and then give carrots that are cut in a different way so they can feel a different texture, you know, like, or there's just so many things that you can do with solids and introducing different things. Those textures can make a huge difference in whether that baby is going to eat that food. So being able to introduce things differently can make a huge you know huge impact on on what they accept to eat because sometimes people are like oh baby my baby hates this food try it in a different way maybe they hate that texture maybe it just isn't you know isn't what they like maybe mix it in with some other food you can do that too and see if it's something that they'll like better um often with babies that are breastfeeding you know we know that babies when they breastfeed they are controlling their feeds they eat when they want to they eat what they want to they eat um you know how much they want when they're breastfeeding, and then all of a sudden you put them in a chair and you're coming at them with a spoon and they might be like, excuse me, this isn't what I want to do. I want to control this process. And that's okay. It's a mess, but it's definitely okay. And let them do that. Let them explore on their own because that is part of starting the solids. This is part of the developmental process. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, for sure. Yeah,
1: I know. And that's what... I think there's so much pressure around it because it's, you know, you like, again, you go to the pediatrician and I feel like so much of this starts at the pediatrician's office when they say, okay, now you should be doing this and now you should be doing that, which doesn't take into consideration whether the baby's ready, you know? And I say, Mm -hmm. you know, the general rule of thumb is that the only rule is at six months, you can start and, you know, go... Right, you don't. You can start. That's the other thing is a lot of people will say, "Well, my pediatrician wants me to start solids my baby's six months. Do I have to start?" And you don't have to start at six months. You can wait. Right. Yeah, and you can. can and, and also the thing funny. is, is that it, it is such a learning thing that you just put them at a table, put them in a high chair or whatever, and just put things in front of them and let them get used to the texture of it, and just let them play with it. And there's this little saying mm-hmm. in the in the breastfeeding world: food before one is just for fun, and basically that just means they're probably not going to eat a lot; they're just learning what it is. You know, because it is such a different, you know, mm-hmm. it's such a different, um, it's just such a different way of eating. You know what
0: I just kind of thought of, which is really funny. It's like, you know, when, when parents first start their breastfeeding process, one of the biggest things we hear from every parent, like around the board, is how do I know yeah. my baby's getting enough? Like we hear that all the time. How do I know? I can't see what's happening. How do I know my baby's getting enough? And then you start solids. I think more of that with starting solids. How do you know your baby's getting anything? You know, like really don't, you can't count on that as, as like a huge form of nutrition for them at that age, because you don't really know what's actually getting into them. Yeah. You know, you might, it might look like they're eating something, but that's because it's all over them what they're actually getting totally. is probably not totally. that much food. And
1: this is why this is why there is, you know, such a long period of time where you are going to be doing both and I think people people feel like they can't do both. You know, like like I need to do kind of one or the other or they've started solids and so therefore I'm going to, you know, we're going to start weaning and you know, breastfeeding and solids go together wonderfully. I mean, they are meant to go together. Your baby is meant to continue breastfeeding as they start to learn to eat solids. And that is a long transition. It's not this short transition Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, that we kind of are told that it is, you know, they're starting to have solids and then, you know, very quickly they'll just be filling their belly with that and won't nurse anymore. And that's just not, that's not probably not going to be your baby's plan. They're gonna they're gonna wanna continue right. to to breastfeed. And I always looked at it as breast milk is the best thing for my baby. And so I wanted them to be filled up on much of the as much of that as possible. So I would always nurse them first. Right. And then sit them down and offer some solids. And I mean, people sometimes
0: will, will ask us. They'll, you know, they'll Reach out and be like, okay, my baby started solids. Oh, that's what I I feel like my supply is decreasing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, breastfeed them first.
1: Yeah. You nursing them first is also great for your supply. It'll keep up your supply Um, because you have this, you you may be told or have this feeling like, okay, well, they're going to start solids. Let's start, you know, at lunchtime, you know, and we'll give them solids. Don't, don't then, don't skip the afternoon nursing session, you know, just do it first and then offer the solids because that will start to affect your supply. If you feel like you're going to, you know, if you start skipping feeds because you feel like, okay, well, this is a time for solids. So then that's not a time for breastfeeding. No, they can both happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can have both of the things. And we know that breastfeeding is for more than just nutrition. So you can't just take that away from your baby at that age because they're doing solids. They need so much more than just yeah. They're going to right.
1: They are totally going to continue, and a lot of people get worried too. Like, well, my baby's starting solids. That I want to. I want to make sure we can continue breastfeeding, and that it's not going to lead to you know weaning, and you know you keep nursing, and you can keep prioritizing the nursing if that's what you want. You know, you keep prioritizing it. And making sure that you're continuing to do it. Mm-hmm. And that foods is something that you're just introducing slowly. And, you know, you can just, right. you know, like I was saying, you could pick, pick a time of day, pick a food, you know, say you're going to, I don't know, p- you know, a banana or one of those, you know, a, a, a cereal that you buy. Make it, pick a time of day, it could be the morning, it could be the afternoon, it could be whatever, and just like make it a routine you know, that you have that time together where your baby's exploring that food. And then you can slowly over weeks or whatever, you know, add another time of day and you slowly go from there. Yeah,
0: there's there's, there's not, not but there's also goals. not a lot of really guidance. Isn't. So people
1: have no and idea what to do. People have no idea no, what to no do. Like, how in the world do I even do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And how much do I
0: give? And then how many days, you know, mm-hmm. when do I start at three meals? And when do I start? And it's like, it's a really hard. And then they come into us with that, which is great that they feel, you know, that people feel like, you know, we can help with that
1: guidance piece, but sometimes it is a very individualized thing. I know. With that's why I like to. Because I'm not saying you have to pick a time of day and do it. Like I'm offering, this is Abby's plan for, for the planless family. You know, there's no guidelines because... You know, there's no (laughs) guidelines, there's nothing that you have to do, but like nobody knows what to do. So it's like, what do I do? And so I'll just share what I did, you know, based on I don't know, what I saw people around me doing, or, you know, what I saw you know, I I remember I remember starting Solids in my house being Mm -hmm. super exciting. I was really excited to 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 show them that and to sit down and see you know if they would eat it I just feel like that was like such a novelty in my house I was so excited about it and so you know we just court, sort of wing it which is what we're all doing but I you know and I don't like it I don't like to just be like there's no rules you can just do whatever because then it's like well I still don't know what to do <laughs> you know so mm-hmm. I lo- and I think I felt the opposite I
0: think I, I really tried to delay it delay it as much as possible because mm. I didn't want mm. to introduce anything else to my babies yet. Um, and whether that was more of like, I'm not quite sure how, like, I don't remember feeling necessarily like that, but I remember feeling like I just didn't want to introduce anything else yet. You know, it was, it just, I was just, yeah. I just wanted yeah, them to have the cool too. Out. So I, you know, kind of delayed it a little now, bit longer. I don't know. My oh, mother felt yeah. that people are always wanting things, to shove things into the baby. Yeah. To them. Yeah. The first food my twins had was fig <laughs> Newton, because my mother felt the need to flip oh, him yeah. a cookie. You hear
1: all those stories, right? Was people the like gave the baby a bite of cake yeah. or something. And I mean, I remember at the time too. Yeah. Like if that had happened, I would be freaking panicking. My, I re- I remember being at this. Like Jack was a baby, and we we're I was at some sort of, I don't know, mom's meetup or something. And he, I was holding a cupcake, and he smashed his hand into the cupcake. And I was like, I looked over (laughs) and everybody kind of started laughing. And I was like, he can't eat that. He can't eat that. And I think everyone around me thought that he had some kind of allergy because everyone started wiping it off his hand. And like, for me, it was just like, oh, no. Oh, my God. He can't have sugar or this. Oh, my God. And like, (laughs) really, what what would have happened if he'd gotten a big mouthful of icing? Right. Nothing. Nothing. He would have been fine. If your baby has, if they're yeah. If their first food is a cupcake, man, that's a great story. Or the time that I was yeah. at my, uh, yeah. I was at my father in law's ninetieth birthday party, and Exley was nine months because I remember he was ninety and nine months, and we're all standing oh. around, and Exley like waddles over up onto the table and picks up my wine glass and takes a sip, and I was like. <laughs> I, like freaked out, you know, freaking out, freaking out. My sister-in-law is like, it's okay. It's, okay. it's going to be okay. Like he's going to be okay. And it was probably like watered down. with But I mean, they get like, they get things in their mouths. It's okay. I still remember my mom, my grandmother feeding my sister beer. Off of her finger, she was dipping her finger oh into the God, beer and weird. giving it into my sister's mouth. My sister was not old enough to walk, and she was just putting it into her mouth. Oh are those my little gosh. stories of like you know people would rub whiskey on their baby's gums? Mm-hmm. Like man, teething for teething, you are doing yeah. great. Like all you need to do get some stories from your grandparents yeah. to make you feel like a great parent. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally fine. I have fine. no idea it's if totally we offered fine. any guidance or information at all in this episode. <laughs> I have
0: no idea either. This I was is, just thinking that. I, know, I was like, God, well, oh, people are going to be like, super this disappointed. this is the thing.
1: There are no rules with this. And so it's like, it's so hard to do these episodes. And we do these solids episodes every once in a while. But it's like, it's really hard to just tell you exactly, exactly what to do. It's just a lot of kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, get, getting straight some of the misinformation that you're hearing, which I guess is you know kind of what all of our episodes are. Yeah.
0: So I would link there because we do have a couple episodes that will help with this stuff too. Like I know we've got another solids episode, more than one probably. Um, but we also have episodes on like you know, does your baby need iron as they're growing and how milk changes as your baby gets over, older and how it does still, you know, accommodate their needs. So that way, if you haven't heard those yet, that'll help to kind of make you maybe feel a little bit better. If your baby isn't doing great with solids right away, you don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, they're totally going to be, you know, deficient, but I don't want you to feel like that. So this is, hopefully those things will help too. Yeah. So we'll link it in. Thanks for
1: listening. Thank
0: you. Bye Bye.